three victories for the state of Israel, all three occurring within weeks of each other, all three changing the paradigm of the future for the Middle East politically and I would argue spiritually. Those victories, the end of this American involvement in this awful Iran treaty, the move of the American embassy to Jerusalem and the formal dedication of that embassy, and the victory against invaders of the state of Israel on the day of the embassy move. On the first matter, the treaty with Iran was a fraud from the beginning. It really, the codicils of it, all of the secret aspects of it, essentially amount from all reports to an act of tremendous appeasement to the Iranian mullahs who continue to pace in the development of nuclear capability. Instead of focusing on the bomb, they'd focus on missiles. Wonderful. They would not stop the enrichment of uranium. They would not stop building the centrifuges. They did not agree to inspection of their facilities. Um, they continued their anti-American, anti-Israel, anti-West rhetoric and threats. They received $150 billion in monies that had been previously frozen, and they used it to further expand their military uh, aggressions. Um, they expanded their military, they expanded their proxy armies, both Hezbollah and Hamas poised at Israel's borders. They continued, in other words, to fund, finance, support with materiel and in otherwise uh, the growth of their international terror movement and their aggression of and march forward with a very radicalized form of Islam. Um, and they were supported by the West in the same way, in a sense, that when, when Lenin had his coup in Russia, he um, was able to murder upwards of three to four million people within the first couple of years, and yet he found support from the liberal left-leaning West. Um, whether it was because they were dupes and, and useful idiots, as Lenin himself described it, or whether Lenin had agents. It was probably a combination of both. But this same dynamic took place with Iran, and, and it, was, it got to the bizarre aspect of support that you actually had former Secretary of State John Kerry conducting his own freelancing foreign policy as if he's still Secretary of State, by meeting overseas with Iranian diplomats and telling them, apparently, don't pay any attention to Trump. He'll be gone in a year or two. How he knows that, that's another subject. That's something we, that ought to be investigated. I mean, that's huge. But um, the, the fact of the matter is that the treaty condoned and facilitated and aided the furtherance of Iranian aggression. Getting rid of it, when President Trump rescinded the executive orders that put it in place, let's not forget it did not actually pass the U.S. Senate. Obama did it through a very sneaky kind of fiat means. He, he signed documents. In a way, this is, you know, the left likes to complain about Trump being authoritarian, right? I mean, please, this is authoritarian. You know, Trump is undoing some of the authoritarian approaches of the last couple of administrations, frankly. Um, so by Trump getting rid of that, that was a bold step forward 
for the free market oriented, uh, more genuinely liberal um, minded Western countries, moderate Islamic countries like like Jordan and and Egypt and and our allies who are beginning to move in a more moderate direction in the Middle East, like Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states, even Pakistan apparently. And so it was a it was a strike forward in terms of containing and isolating and ultimately getting rid of this radical Islamic regime. The second move was the formal dedication of the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. What a moving event. I would urge the listeners to, to do look at this on YouTube. The entire ceremony is available on YouTube. It's, it's worth watching. Um, the ambassador, um, Friedman, is, is brilliant. Just a, an amazing man. The speeches are moving. This has significance politically and spiritually. This is a the biggest move by a foreign power to support the state of Israel since Harry Truman recognized the state of Israel in 1948. There's a coin that was minted in Israel, which uh, I can't even talk about it without getting weepy. It, it shows a profile of President Trump next to a profile of, of Cyrus the Great of Persia, who in ancient times called the Jewish people to get up from exile and go to their homeland and rebuild their temple in Jerusalem and reestablish their, their state under Persian oversight. And um, that, of course, led to the Maccabees, which literally reestablished Israel later on as a, as a sovereign state. These are enormous developments both politically in terms of establishing a state that adheres to the principles of the Torah, which are universal principles, and also spiritually. For believers, both in Judaism, Islam, by the way, and Christianity, the establishment of Israel, the assertion of Jerusalem as the heart of Israel, this is sets the stage for the coming of the Moshiach. May he be blessed and may it happen soon. The third significant event was that the response by Israel's enemies, that being Hamas, which have their sovereign state in Gaza in every sense, were given that area on a silver platter by Israel under Ariel Sharon. They were given it with money. They were given it with training. They were given it with all the advantages that any nation would get to establishing a peaceful, good, sovereign society. And, and, so, and Gaza, by the way, is not exactly a poor place. It's, it's, it's a beachfront property. It's a beautiful place that could have been turned into another Hong Kong. Um, and and if, if, the, if, the, um, if the Arabs had, had done this and had taken advantage of this and created a vibrant and viable political state in Gaza, which they had every opportunity to do, then Israel would have done more with them. I mean, they would have possibly obtained sovereignty over portions of Judea and Samaria as well. Um, that's reasonable, and we can't know that, but I think it's a reasonable speculation. Israel tried the two-state solution at that time, 
And it failed again in that the, the Gazans were taken over by a radical or a group, Hamas, which immediately launched a war against the internationally recognized state of Israel with the lobbing of thousands of missiles and the building of terror tunnels so they could get into Israel and murder as many Jewish men, women, children, and Holocaust survivors as they could. And so they've really, in, in a political sense, in a moral sense, in every sense, surrendered their, their rights to, to have a state. No, no nation would tolerate a neighbor like that. You know, it, it's war, and they've declared war based on international norms of, of law and custom by, by committing these sorts of aggressions. Well, they chose to commit an aggression on the day of the opening of the embassy by swarming the border, by basically coercing and in some cases paying their own people to go to the border. They were, where, they, where they were given money and they, they had like a festival atmosphere and you know they were, they were given food and music. You see pictures of it with all these great cars lined up. And it, it, it sort of created a, a screen for the, the combatants, the, the uh, Hamas terrorists, to mix into it and start to cross the border and the fence. Now, why did they want to enter into the state of Israel? By their own admission, by interviews conducted at the border, by everything they've ever declared, they wanted to invade Israel so they could kill Jews, right? I mean, that's what, what do you think these tunnels are for? I mean, you know, are they there to deliver flowers? I mean, they're, they're trying to get into Israel so they can murder as many Jews as possible. So Israel responded very carefully. They didn't go in and start carpet bombing Gaza. They didn't go in and militarily, you know, occupy like probably most nations would do. Instead, they sent trained snipers down to take out the very specific people that were trying to cross that were terrorists as best they could. Don't forget, this is a war. And in that sense, they were very, it was a very great success. They smote this enemy. They cast down those who were trying to kill them. They acted in self-defense. Of the 64 people who were killed, Hamas leader himself acknowledges proudly, apparently, that 50 of them were Hamas people. In other words, they were enemy combatants. So Israel did a great job of smoting their enemies and setting them back. You don't hear too much from them now. The international community, which is viciously anti-Israel, they waved their arms in the air for maybe a day, but eventually they saw that Israel was acting as any sane, normal, sovereign nation would in its own self-defense. So you have these three victories, the end of this horrible nuclear treaty with Iran or U.S. involvement in it, and I think the Europeans are going to follow suit. The establishment of an American embassy in Jerusalem and the defeat of the enemies on the border, the routing and the smoting, as the Bible says, of those who sought to kill the Jewish people. And I think that these three together have created a more secure and more spiritually aligned and more solidly, as most solid state of Israel in every sense, politically and spiritually. Anyway, I want to thank you all for watching this afternoon. 
I shall return at the usual time. This is a special edition where I'm doing the program live Monday through Friday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a good day.